Good morning and welcome to HealthWorks. This is Carol Knayer, Community Health Manager at Way Memorial Hospital. I want to thank you for joining me today. So as many of you may know, May is Stroke Awareness Month. Um, so on today's show, my guest is Dr. Tar- Todd Holmes, um, and he's our Medical Director at Way Memorial Emergency Department. Good morning, Dr. Holmes. Good morning. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. And you? I'm doing well. Um, So thank you for joining me. This is the first time you're on the show, so it's exciting to have you. Thank you. Um, So, you know, May is Stroke Awareness Month, um, and Way Memorial is a primary stroke center, correct? That is correct. So what does that mean for our community? What it means is that um, the community has access to essentially state-of-the-art stroke care uh, right here in the right here in the hospital. And um, is there certain certifications or guidelines that we must follow to become a certified? There absolutely is. I actually brought with me the specifications that are required to be a stroke center. It's about a uh, third of an inch of single space typewritten pages that lay out everything that's required to be a stroke center. It's pretty exhaustive. It goes through the whole leadership structure, all the um, processes that have to be in place and the quality metrics meaning how we measure whether we're doing a good job or not so yeah it's a very exhaustive and rigorous uh, certification process right and that's something we have to go through once a year <clears throat> twice every or every two years yeah I believe that's correct right I'm not 100% right sure right and those are the again um, yeah so unfortunately because we're on radio you can't see his nice stack of papers that are available um, for them to follow in all the measurements um, you know when we look at measurements and, and basic stroke guidelines and treatment times do we meet the standards we do we consistently meet the standard we actually um, recently got uh, a, rec- a special recognition award for stroke care in rural health centers. Right. And so, um, you know, when someone thinks they're having a stroke um, and they're out in the community, we would hope that they would call 911, correct? Correct. And if the ambulance was to bring them in, kind of what is the protocol? What would someone expect to, it? what to happen if they were? So <clears throat> they'll most likely be surrounded by a team of people um, consisting of doctors, uh, x-ray techs, lab personnel, nursing of course, uh, technicians, and the first step usually is to do a quick screening exam for stroke and then uh, CAT scan of the head. Right. right And and again, those are done within a certain amount of time, correct? Correct. Yeah, door to CAT scan, the, the, the measurement for the time is 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. when a patient arrives to get the CAT scan done. Right. And is it correct that we just installed our second CAT scan machine, yes, correct? Yes, we did. Yep. And, and specifically for this reason. Yep. So this, this is always available for individuals if we do have someone who comes in with a stroke that you know, no one needs to wait on any time. Correct. Okay. Yep. And it's 24-7. Right, right. Yes. And so, yes, our emergency department is open 24-7, right, for anyone that has an emergency. 24-7, 365, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what, you know, we, we're talking about Stroke Awareness Month. We're talking about, you know, that we're a stroke center and some of the guidelines. But what is a stroke? So is, a stroke is when there is insufficient supply of oxygen to a part of the brain to the point where that area of the brain's function is compromised. 
usually that decrease in oxygen is because there's been a decrease in blood supply to the brain, and if that part of the brain is uh, without essential nutrients, specifically oxygen, for long enough, it'll start to not function properly and cause stroke symptoms. Okay. Now, um, I know last year, you may not be aware because you're relatively new here, but we do a, a Together for Health School program for 7th and 10th graders, and that's one thing we work with our nursing department with. We get, went out and actually did stroke education for all of these students in 7th and 10th graders um, in, in four school districts. Um, and so some of the things we ask them, like, do they know what a stroke is? And another question that we ask is, are there different types of strokes? There are different types of strokes. Actually, there's a number of different types of strokes, but the most common that we talk about are thrombotic strokes and hemorrhagic strokes. So a thrombotic stroke is just when a blood vessel narrows to the point where not enough blood can get through it uh, to supply the brain. Hemorrhagic stroke is when a blood vessel bursts and there's actually bleeding inside of the brain. Uh, most strokes are thrombotic strokes, a smaller, significantly smaller percentage are hemorrhagic strokes. Mm -hmm. and, and there is treatment or different treatments possibly for either one of them and some other ones that we may not have mentioned. Is that right? You're correct. Yes, they are treated differently, and, but there are specific treatments for both types. Okay, so so say if someone comes in and they have a thrombotic stroke, is that maybe caused from the narrowing, you said, of blood vessels, or maybe a clot that might get stuck Correct. in a blood vessel? Is there a specific treatment that we use, if that's the case? Yeah, there is, and actually of, of uh, that type of thromboembolic strokes, there's a couple different types of those, but the, the main treatments are either um, generally thrombolytic therapy, so that's a medication that's given intravenously that'll break the clot up and restore blood flow. Um, other times, if there's a large blood clot that's lodged in one of the larger blood vessels of the brain, which causes uh, extensive symptoms like complete weakness on one side of the body, that's a, <clears throat> we call it a large vessel, vessel occlusion. That's treated a little bit differently um, and that's more like the procedure that they do for heart attacks, cardiac catheterization, where you actually have to be transferred to a specialty center that has very specialized physicians that perform a procedure wherein they go into that large artery and and extract or remove the, the blood clot. Right. And um and thank you for all of that explanation. Um as technical as it is, um you find out kind of what treatment they would need by doing that initial CAT scan, correct? The initial CAT scan actually, um, possibly somewhat surprisingly, doesn't actually show if there's a stroke or not. Okay. Uh, a fresh stroke won't show up on that first CAT scan. The reason for the first CAT scan is to make sure there's not bleeding involved. If there's bleeding involved, you need to know that right away because in that case you definitely don't want to give the thrombolytic therapy because that will make it much worse. The stroke itself is really diagnosed clinically by the history and the physical exam that the physician performs. Mm -hmm. That's why I love doing these shows, because I always learn something new, you yeah. know, um, with, and, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're always updating these guidelines, correct? Because they're learning more and more new stuff. Yes, they do. They and, constantly update the guidelines. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, we, we have recertification. That's why we have these new guidelines and new information that comes across all the time. Um, what about risk factors? Because 
I think as a community educator, I'm background as a, a registered dietitian, I know that, you know, in certain medical conditions, there are things that individuals can do to reduce their risk. Are there any, you know, risk redu- reductions people can do for a stroke? Absolutely. So there, there are commonly identified risk factors such as high blood pressure, diabetes, smoking, uh, high cholesterol, hyperlipidemia, um, obesity, sedentary lifestyle, all these things can contribute to stroke. And so what recommendation would you have for individuals? Yes, I, I mean, I think if someone smokes, we'd recommend stop smoking. But are, are there things that individuals can do on a yearly basis, um, like visit their primary care? That's exactly what they should do. They should see their primary care doctor regularly and follow their recommendations because I can pretty much guarantee you that they will want to control your blood pressure, control your blood sugar. They'll advise you and help you to stop smoking. They'll recommend a healthy lifestyle, regular exercise, weight control, and control of their hyperlipidemia of present cholesterol management. Right, and I know here at Wayne Memorial, we have a great nutrition service staff that oftentimes, you know, when I used to work under that department, we'd get many referrals for individuals for, you know, high blood pressure or especially diabetes um, and how important it is, like you said, to control those blood sugars. It's individuals can do a lot to control those things on their own. Unfortunately, the long-term consequences of vascular disease depends on the small daily decisions that you make every day. Right, right. Is it going to be donuts or an apple, basically? (laughs) Are you going to take a nap or take a walk? Exactly, exactly. And I think um, individuals that are out there that may fall in the category of the high risk, you know, there are little things that they can do every day that make a big difference. Yep. Like you said, maybe choosing something healthier as opposed to something fried. Just saying, you know. It's just, <laughs> unfortunately, it's a daily decision. Right, right. What about the warning signs of stroke? Because that's something that we were teaching in the schools for our school program last year. Yeah. So they have it broken down into a easily, um, easily remembered mnemonic, which is FAST, F-A-S-T. And it's, the F is for face, so facial droop. If you ask someone to show you their teeth or smile at you, if it doesn't go up symmetrically, if one side droops down, that's a sign. A is for arm. So if if one arm or the other is weak, that can also be a sign. S is for speech. If their speech is abnormal, their speech is slurred, or they seem like they want want to speak but can't find the words, any abnormality of speak and speech, and then the T is for if they have either F or A or S, it is T, time to call 911. Mm-hmm. And how important is that time frame for someone that may be having a stroke? Yeah, so time, time is critical. There's a, a lot of science that goes into it, but the sooner the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes the initial symptoms are just the um, like tip of the iceberg, so to speak, initial warning. A large area of the brain surrounding that area can also be at risk. So the sooner you can intervene and uh, intervene on those symptoms, the better. Right. And again, it may not be that person having the stroke may not realize that, correct? But the people around them. So anyone who's listening um, that has a family member that may, you know, they have family history of a stroke or maybe they fall under those risk guidelines just to be aware, right? Yep, absolutely. And so again... 
Um, we talked about um, things that people can do to reduce their risk. Um, and again, the most important thing they can do is right, call 911. Yep, at the time of the stroke. Yep. At the time of the stroke and mm -hmm. that Way Memorial, um, again, we're a primary stroke <coughs> center, so someone can come here and be evaluated. Absolutely. Okay, and we, we do have like three minutes left. What what recommendation do you have? What is a good blood pressure for someone? Oh, uh, a good blood pressure is whatever you and your doctor um, discuss as being your target blood pressure. Uh, <clears throat> I think that point really bears revisiting the regular follow-up with primary care, controlling the blood pressure, controlling the diabetes, not smoking, controlling your weight, regular exercise. Those are really, they sound old, simple, stale, but those are the things that need to be, those are the most effective things at preventing strokes. Right, exactly. And if someone is prescribed medication for high blood pressure, they should follow those guidelines again, correct? Absolutely. You cannot, blood pressure is has the moniker of being the silent killer because you can't always tell if your blood pressure is high or not. You generally won't get symptoms from that. And it's not the acute change in blood pressure that, that matters. What matters it is followed by your doctor, it's recognized and it's managed over a long period of time. Right, correct. Um, and again, do you recommend if, if people want more information on, on stroke or heart disease, can they visit like the American Heart Association website? The American Heart Association website is a very good source of information for stroke that's aimed at um, the general public. It's simple um, uh, layperson's terms, simple explanations for how all this how all this stuff works, how to recognize it, what you can do to prevent it. It's a very good resource. Great, great. And, you know, as I mentioned before, before we press record, we're out there in the community at different events. So, you know, stop by. We can always check someone's blood pressure if they're not sure. If not, they should follow up with their physician always, correct? Absolutely. 100%. Well, Dr. Holmes, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate all the information you've shared with us. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Again, this is Carol Knier, Community Health Manager at Wayne Memorial Hospital. You're welcome to check out our website at wmh.org for more information or check out the American Heart Association for more information on stroke and heart disease. So I want to thank you for joining me and have a great day.